Alright, alright. Welcome to another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demion. And today, we're sitting outside of Bojangles. Now, the difference is, we're not drinking Bojangles coffee, but we are sitting outside of Bojangles. And the reason we're sitting here is because they have closed once again the lobby. So that means you can't sit in the restaurant, order your food, eat your food, due to this whole Omicron stuff that people are bugging out over. Now, in my opinion, yeah, Omicron, Delta, COVID, it's all the same thing. You get sick. Some people die, but not many people die as they're making it out to be. Yeah, it spreads, but cold spread, flu spread, pneumonia. There's people out here with walking pneumonia still. Pneumonia still killing people. Cancer still killing people. AIDS is still killing people, right? So this whole Delta, Omicron, COVID, pandemic, scare, at this point, the sting has kind of worn off. One thing we know, people come, people go. We all have an expiration date. We don't know the date. And here's the thing. Somebody could be walking around right now panicking because they have COVID, right? And they're, you know, just doing regular stuff at the house, going there to cook their little dinner. And there's a grease fire on the stove, burns the whole house down, them included. So what took them out, COVID or the fire, right? So it's like, we can't get so caught up in our heads that, oh, we're in this fear of dying. We know we're gonna go, right? We know we're gonna go. So, you know, we're just all gonna go different ways. There's a lot of people that don't even ha didn't even have the option to be concerned about COVID or even worry about COVID because they died in the war, right? There's wars all over the world, so you could pick any war. People with some of the, the biggest hearts you know, saddest stories, went to war, fought for their country or whatever reasons they had, and they're no longer here. Spanish flu, Ebola, malaria. This world is full of diseases and viruses, war and famine. So, you know, you could start the year off sitting there listening to the media and just getting brainwashed by this whole fear mindset because, you know, fear sells. That's how they push all these drugs, right? Push all these drugs and these new treatments that need millions and millions and millions of dollars. But obviously, if all these injections they're trying to stick everybody with were as effective as they make them out to be, then um, we wouldn't still be hearing about this two years later, would we? So everyone do their own due diligence before just jumping in the seat and being a sheep. Now, if you do what you gotta do because of your job, or you're concerned about your family, then you do what you gotta do. But I'm not gonna sit there and watch, you know, Channel News 9, CNBC, MSNBC, and all these stations, because all they do, I mean, they probably say COVID and Omicron a hundred times before the freaking episode's over. It's not that freaking serious. We have bigger things in the world to worry about, right? The economy, see, while everybody's talking about Omicron and all this, money being donated to science and research. Nobody's sitting here talking about, um, you know, inflation. Have you been in the store lately? Have you been in the store lately and looked at the prices of beef? I don't know what the prices of beef are in your town, but over here, they're double and triple what they used to be. You know, something that was normally, let's just say, you know, $9 is now $21. It's not that serious, right? I'll, I'll buy something else. I'll, I'll buy something else. I'll be okay. If I don't eat beef for the next three months, I'll be just fine. I could eat chicken. 
I can eat fish, shrimp, crab, squid, octopus, you know, spam even. I'm flexible. So I don't have to have the beef. Go ahead and jack your prices up on the beef. I don't need it right now. But that's not what this podcast is about today. Today we're going to talk about setting language goals for the year. Language goals for the year. And before we get into that, you know I got to tell you what we're sipping on. We're sipping on a mocha charge. We've got a tall boy today, 20 ounces. A hot passion going down the gullet. So let's go ahead and take a customary sip before we get into it. Oh yeah, that's hot. All right, let's go. All right, so language goals for the year, for 2022. What kind of goals do you have for your language? Now, I know you have goals. You probably want to lose weight, get more fit, go to the gym. This the stereotypical, superficial, top, top surface stuff, right? We're looking for something a little deeper, something a little more concrete. Now, what we go through with this goal exercise uh, as we practice our English is we're going to be able to learn how to apply this to other goals. So you may go back and revisit some of your other goals, financial goals, business goals, family goals, relationship goals, whatever that may be. Once we get through this little uh, conversation here, this little fireside chat we're having with our piping hot coffee. So last year, what did you accomplish in terms of your language? Maybe you found this podcast last year. Maybe you found another one. Maybe you read three or four books in English. Watched a couple of films, right? Maybe met some friends, joined a social group in English, an English-speaking social group. Maybe you Skyped a couple of tutors, talked on a few paid services, you know, whatever it was. But did you achieve your goal? Did you achieve your goal? Did you achieve what you set out to do last year in regards to your language? Now, you can replace language with whatever word you want, but we're going to try to focus on language. I know I may get off topic, but we're going to try to focus on language. So when you look at your language goal for the year, did you hit it? Did you hit it last year? And the second question, did you even have a language goal for last year? Or did you just practice English, study English with no clear destination? Now, if you did, maybe you had some stellar results. Maybe you ended up in one of those great mastermind groups, great chat groups, read the best book in the world that taught you all the English you needed to know. You know, maybe you met a few few cool people that kept you talking English all year. That's possible. It's all very possible, and even more is possible. But, as you know, it's a lot easier to do things when you have a clear destination, a clear goal. Because when you have a clear destination, a clear goal, you can make a plan. You could strategize. How am I going to get from here to there? Right? How am I going to get from point A point B to point C to point D, E, F, G, so on and so forth. It's a lot easier to do when you have a plan. Now, relating that to, not going to say real life, but 
a daily life a typical person would have, a lot of people fall into a job, fall into a relationship, fall into a baby, right? Wake up one morning, you're pregnant. You know, your family's pregnant or you, the individual's pregnant. You're going to have a kid in nine months. You have no plan because you didn't plan for this kid. So there's a big difference between people that plan to have a baby and people that don't plan to have a baby. Now you can have the best laid plans in the world and a baby's still going to be a baby. You're going to be like, there is no instructions attached to this baby. What do I do with this baby, right? And hopefully you figure it out. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure your parents probably figured it out. They had some good people around them to help them figure it out. But there's a lot of people whose parents didn't figure it out. And you can see the result when you look at their life. You know, not pointing any names or pointing anyone out. But I mean, just look around people, you know, whose parents figured it out and whose parents didn't. When you go into the gas station, who do you see? You know, out there, who's who's asking for change? Who's lost it all? Who's in jail? Not for something that they didn't do, but the people that are just really in jail for just doing some heinous crimes. They didn't lifted 50 cars, you know, shot and stabbed 30 people. Um, can't put it all on the parents, but you got to imagine if the upbringing was a little different, then maybe it wouldn't have been 30 people. It might have been 15 people. It wouldn't have been 50 cars. It might have been 10 cars, one car, or maybe no cars. So when you have a plan, things have a higher probability of success. You have a higher chance for success when you have a goal and you have a plan and you have a strategy. So that's why today we're going to try to strategize some goals for the year in regards to language. Now, let's go ahead and and understand what it takes to make a clear goal. Most people would say, well, I want to learn 100 words a day or 100 words this month. Really? You want to learn 100 words? Why? That's my question. Why do you want to learn 100 words? How is that going to change your life? Well, if I learn these 100 words, then I'll know more English. So if you learn 100 words, you'll know more English. That doesn't sound like you have any clarity on what you're doing with English at this point. Well, what do you mean? A hundred words, you know how many words there are in the English language? Which hundred words do you want to learn? Why do you want to learn these hundred words? How are these hundred words going to improve your ability to communicate in English? That's what needs to be clarified before you even start out, if you're going to make a plan. So now somebody, if they say, well, I want to learn a hundred words in medical terminology. Oh, okay. We're getting a little clarity. But now you got to say, well, why? Well, because I'm a medical student and I'm going into the medical space and I want to work in the USA when I complete my studies. Okay, we're getting some clarity. So you want to learn 100 words of medical terminology to include in your studies so that when you get to the States, you'll have a better ability to communicate and understand the text and language that is being exchanged with the colleagues. Got it. 
but which sphere are you going in in the medical space? Because we have oncology, right? You've got pediatrics. You've got geriatrics. You've got a hundred different <laughs> different categories, if not thousands. I myself am not a medical student, but I know that it's a big world because we have everything from skin to fingers to bones to nerves to neurological diseases, immune deficiencies, heart problems, kidney problems, gallbladder problems. You got a doctor for all of that, right? So what medical terminology do you want to learn? So let's just say, you well, I'm be a, a work with geriatric patients. Okay. So you need to learn some of that. Then you need to learn some of that common knowledge. But see, now we're starting to formulate what kind of terminology you need. First, you need that general. Then you'll need that specific, that specialized vocabulary in that space. Now, you have somewhat of an idea. Okay, this is your goal for the year. Because those are going to be some dense words. Let me just go ahead and tell you. That's going to be some dense vocabulary to learn. And you're giving yourself a year. But instead of saying 100 words, because obviously there's more than 100 words of medical terminology in that space or any given space that you're going into, why not bump it to 1,000 words? 1,000 words? I can't learn 1,000 words in a year. Really? How many words do you know right now in your own language? Uh, I don't know. Of course you don't. Well, yeah, of course you don't know how many words you know in your own language. Why? Because you just accumulated them naturally. Over the years of speaking your language, you've just amassed this ball of language. And it's growing every day. And you're adding words from other languages. And you're making up your own words that somehow make sense. You ever just put two words together or make up a phrase and say it to your friends and they all understand what you're, what you're talking about? Of course you have. And the reason for this is because language is ever-evolving. So just like language is ever-evolving, your goals need to evolve. The basic want of learning English is enough to get someone started on the path to learning English. You know, you come in, you meet some girl, American girl, you meet some American guy or British guy or whatever, and you're like, oh, he's cute or she's cute. So you figure you need to learn the language. And that's what starts you on your path. But now, two, three, four years into the language, you, you, know, you know how to count, you know some numbers, you know how to greet people, you know how to speak, talk about your interests, talk about jobs, different professions, just, just the basics, right? But now you want to get a little more serious because now when you and your little partner argue, they're hitting some phrases, some terms that you just really don't understand. They're sitting here talking about their feelings and, and what happened when they were a kid or coming home telling you about their job. Let's just say your boyfriend or girlfriend is a cop. They're in law enforcement or they're a lawyer, right? Or maybe they're a scuba diver. You know nothing about scuba diving in, even in your own language. But now you're trying to learn about it in another language. Well, if you want to know more about what they're talking about, then you could specify and go into learning about that topic. So I would say if you're shooting for 100 words, then you'll probably do the bare minimum to try to get those 100 words. But if you're shooting for 1,000 or 10,000 words, then you're going to 10x, you're going to multiply your efforts to get to that level of comprehension, that level of vocabulary. And you probably won't even need to get there. But if you do more for bigger results, 
you'll easily hit that 100 words or 1,000 words, whatever you set your goal for. So when it comes to goal setting, I'll tell you what I did. But before I do that, we'll take a sip and then we'll take a break. Coffee's cooling down just a little bit, but it's still warm. Let's go take that break. All right, we're back. So as you know where I am located, I've got somebody sitting here stalking me, I guess, but it is what it is. But on to what we were talking about, the goals. So let me tell you what I did. I'll use one of the goals that I uh, set up for this year and kind of what was able to get me into action. Now, instead of writing the basic, I want to do this, I want to do that, I would like to have this, or I would like to have that, I kind of thought about the end result, the end of the year and worked backwards. Now, I've mentioned this before, but I just want to give you how I applied it. So looking at the end of the year and working backwards, I had to think bigger than the goal. So the most challenging of the goals was the fitness goal. Because I said, yeah, I want to do something with fitness this year. Now, but what? And what kind of outcome do I want to have? Now, I'm not some fat, flabby person, right? I'm not malnourished to the point that, you know, you could see my ribs, you know, when I blink my eyes or something. So I have about an average build, decent height, you know, no serious medical conditions, no heart problems that I know of. Um, got all my teeth, you know, things are... Things are in tow as they should be. So what kind of goal would I set? Yeah, I want to have a fitness goal, but what kind of goal? All right, well, um, to lose weight. Well, how much weight do you want to lose? I don't know. Well, how much do you weigh now? I don't know, right? So there's a lot of questions. But now I could get stuck there. I could get stuck there. You could get stuck there when you're playing with an idea, trying to set a goal for yourself, and you really don't know which direction you want to go, but you know you want to go, how do you get unstuck? Because literally, I was stuck there. Like, well, well, I don't even know how much I weigh. I don't know what my body fat is, this, this, this. Well, I have to get this and this and this and this and this. Just complicating it, building it up to some point to where nothing was happening. A few days went by, nothing was happening because I'm sitting here trying to lock down this goal and couldn't pick a clear direction. So I said, okay, well, we got to cut through this. So instead of looking at the day-to-day, I said, well, let's look at how to get started taking action, and let's look at picking a direction. Now, here's the thing when you're setting a year-long goal. You may hit it before the year's even out. You may be three months in, two days in, right? Six months, nine months in, and crush your goal. Then you're going to need to make another goal, but the first thing is to go ahead and get a goal to get going in the direction. Right? Once you're already in motion, it's a lot easier to stay in motion. So what I did is I said, okay, well, push-ups. I could do push-ups right here in my apartment. No issues, no worries. Well, you go for the, well, let's, let's do 50 push-ups a day. Uh-uh. It's too basic. Why? Tried it before. How many of you have started something, said, I'm going to do this, you know, every day? You start it, maybe two, three weeks you do it. And the next thing you know, you stop doing it all together. Why? Because you, you did it. If you do push-ups for two days, you know, 50 push-ups for two days, then you hit your goal, right? There was no other action needed to do after that. If you say, I want to make $100, you make $100, there's nothing to keep you 
making $100 after that. You just have that basic goal, right? So here's what you need to do. When you make your goal, you need to think about the bigger picture. So instead of saying 50 push-ups, I said, I'm going to do 10,000 push-ups for the year. Now that's a clear number, a very clear number. Bigger than 50 push-ups a day, it's 10,000 push-ups a year. What does that mean? I don't need to wait till the last month to try to do these push-ups. That's what that means. I don't need to wait till the last minute to get started. So if I'm going to achieve 50,000 push-ups in the year, then I need to get cracking. So how do you get cracking? What kind of action do you take? How do you get to 10,000 push-ups in a year? Well, now you got to do the math. Now you've got a target because we need to have 10,000 push-ups completed by the end of the year. So all you got to do is pick out a pin. So what we're going to do is go ahead and get this, um, get this calculator right here. Pull on my phone. If you hear some idiot in the background, it's a guy, I guess, who got some Hellcat or something for Christmas. So he's, he's being an interesting individual right now. But that's his problem. It's not going to be ours. We're going to keep. We're going to keep moving on. You may hear a little, a few sounds from the phone. Let's cut the uh, notifications off. Okay. So, let's see. Ten thousand. Ten thousand divided by twelve. It gives you eight hundred thirty-three point three. Right. That's twelve months. Right. So eight hundred thirty-three push-ups, roughly, give or take a month, give you ten thousand by the end of the year. Now, 833 push-ups a month sounds like a lot. Well, is it? So let's see. If there's a typically, on average, 30 days, so let's say 30 days in a month, so 833 divided by 30. That's literally only about 27.7, so 28, 30 push-ups a day, you hit the mark, right? 30 push-ups a day every day, you hit the mark. But see, the thing is, 30 push-ups a day, that's too, that's too, that's too short-minded, that's too small-sided to put you in motion. Because you're like 30 push-ups a day, you miss a day, oh, I missed a day, and it's easier to keep missing days. But if you have a bigger goal, like 10,000 that you have to hit, you're going to have a little more motivation to just keep going. Even if you fall off the bus, you're going to get back on the bus because you got to hit 10,000, and you know you're going to have to stay in action this whole year if you're going to hit it because you don't want to be sitting there in December with 6,000 push-ups to do. It's just not going to happen. Physically, mentally, it's just not going to happen. So setting a bigger goal will put you in more motion. It'll give you that extra addition of motivation to get to where you need to do. Let me tell you what happened. After I wrote that goal of 10,000, right, guess what I did after I finished putting the goal on my board? I went on and did 50 push-ups, right? Now, today, I plan to do 50 push-ups, but guess what? My arms are done. So what am I going to do? 50 calf raises. Now, if you remember, the original goal was I want to be more fit, a fitness goal. So if I'm doing 50 push-ups today, 50 calf raises tomorrow, 30 sit-ups or 50 sit-ups the next day, you know, whatever it may be, so on and so forth, and tracking these, by the end of the year, I may be sitting here, 8,000 push-ups, 3,000 kettlebell raises, 4,000 sit-ups, 9,000 calf raises, 
15 miles of jogging, right? Either way, it's putting me in action. So don't get stuck in the details. If you're trying to set a goal, think of the biggest goal, you know, make it bigger, and then work down from there. Because what you need is the goal that's going to make you take action. The goal that makes you want to put the pen down and get up and, and start moving. If your goal is to write a book, don't sit here and compare yourself to, uh, what is it, Harry Potter, whoever wrote that, or Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. But guess what? Lord of the Rings was written one word at a time. One word at a time. The lady didn't know or the man didn't know. Tolkien didn't sit down and freaking write the Lord of the Rings in one sitting. It did not happen. It wasn't even Lord of the Rings when they started writing it. It was one word at a time. It was an idea. So you have an idea. You have a goal. So their idea became action because they said, man, just imagine somebody told you to sit down and write the next Harry Potter. If somebody told you, go go home and write the next Harry Potter. Uh, right, right, right. Don't even know where to begin. Harry, I'm going to write Harry Potter? How? Right? But if they told you to go home and start writing, write a word, type one word, then the next word, and then the next word. Becomes easier, more manageable. And at the end of the, end of, end of the year, you may have a book better than Harry Potter. So what I'm just saying, when you're trying to set your language goals for this year, and you're finding that you can't have any clarity on it, think of the bigger picture. What is this goal going to bring me? If you were to improve your English, improve, because it's all relative to the person, right? We don't know. My, my level of English improvement may be different than your level of English improvement. You know, my thoughts on the matter, your thoughts on the matter. A teacher's expectations, right? It's very different. So you could only work within your, your beliefs. If you have limiting beliefs, then, you know, your, your path will be short. But if you have unlimited belief potential, then you can scale those beliefs and hit bigger targets. You know, it all really boils down to psychology. There's nothing, there is nothing out here that we can't do if we put our mind to it, especially with our intellect, our knowledge, our ability to apply your mind is one of the greatest assets that you have, probably the best asset that you have. Your mind, your ability to think. You could sit here and devise a freaking plan. Your body helps you execute the plan. You know? And some people, you don't have the body, but you have the mind, and you can articulate with your mouth or sign with your hands, however you communicate information to others. You can instruct them on how to do it. <laughs> and see your dreams being built at your direction, at your discretion. So if you have a mind and you have a desire and you have a body, what's the reason that you can't hit any goal that you want this year in relation to English or other things that you have set out for yourself? Monetary goals, you know, Sitting here, you're like, well, I want to make $500 a month. Okay. But all you're going to do is enough to make $500 a month if you even hit that. But if you said, I want to make $50,000 a month, you're not going to be sitting here with a freaking broom, right? You're not going to be sweeping floors. There's not, there are not enough floors for you to sweep to make $50,000 a month. So you're already going to step outside of that small 
thinking, right? You're gonna be thinking bigger, like, well, shoot, I gotta get a, uh, I gotta get connected with somebody. I gotta get a job. I gotta use some other skills. I gotta do this. I gotta build something. I have to create something. I have to sell something, right? So it's just gonna snatch you right out of the limiting mindset that all you can do is sweep floors. And the reason I use that is because I had a guy. I told you about him before. This is where I was trying to help him get a job. And he told me, you know what? The only thing I'm good at is cleaning. And I said, this guy literally is probably 285 pounds wide, built like a football player, right? He's got some size on him. He could be a freaking bouncer charging $3,000 a night to work at a club or something like that, right? But all he wanted to do was clean. So fine. He cleans. Is that his full potential? Heck no, it's not his full potential. But does that give him enjoyment? Probably does. So I wasn't going to argue with him. I pleaded my case. He pleaded his case. Ultimately, we got him two jobs that required that he clean. And he was the happiest he could be with that. Even though I know he had more potential. That's what he wanted to do. And for some people, that's enough. His clarity, his goal, he wanted to clean. He told me, I want to clean. We got him two jobs to clean. Easy. Case case closed. Deal Deal solved, right? It was it was over. It was an easy fix. The guy wanted to clean. He knew what he wanted. So sometimes what you'll find is that what you want and what other people want for you are two different things. Then there's that little bit of conflict. Now, the difference is with that situation, I was coming in to help him, right? He asked me to come in and help him achieve his goals. Even though I was coming with these new ideas, he had his goals, that he wanted to achieve, and that's why he had the success that he had. He got those goals fairly quickly. He just needed a little direction, a little brush up, a little dust off, and he was where he needed to be. But he had goals. So what are your goals for language this year? What could you achieve this year? What would blow your own pants off, right? What would blow your mind if you could achieve it this year in regards to English? That's what I want you to think about. And on that one, I'll take one more sip with you. Mm-hmm. And I will see you in the next one.